Hi there, we're going to be talking about smart homes and vampire load. My name is Steve, this is the QA Weekly, and let's talk about vampire load. Because some of you might be confused, this has nothing to do with vampires, we're talking about standby power. And in the terms of power, we're talking about electricity and fuel. Because these are two things that can be used continuously in a home. And when we are referring to this smart home, we are referring to the connected home. Many of your devices, even in a traditional home, experience either a hard off, so a real power off, which is normally with a switch, or a soft off or standby power. And devices that have standby power include computers, monitors, microwaves, ovens, alarm clocks, TVs, consoles, your cable box, or basically any other device that you can turn on and off with a remote. This also includes your thermostat, other devices like your fridge and freezer are always on. There's always a power draw in your house unless you physically turned every breaker off. So that is a vampire load. And on your electrical bill, you have some sort of idea of how much power is required for your home, whether it be electricity or fuel. So there is that. And we're also used to the idea of conserving power. So we're all brought up with the idea of turning off the light when we leave a room, as well as changing the old style incandescence with LEDs and compact fluorescence. But then there's also the other problem where some of us just presume that some things are going to be more power efficient. I want to point out that one compact fluorescent 60 watt light bulb still draws the same amount of power as four 15 watt LEDs. Still 60 watts. So we have to be conscious of everything that we are deciding. And how we build our smart home is also very important. But we're going to start off with the first thing, your router. Your router has a set amount of wireless connections that it is capable of handling. And it's also important that all of your connected devices be on a separate Wi-Fi that you can turn off even remotely just in case something happens since smart homes use Internet of Things devices and they are more often targeted for different kinds of DDoS attacks as well as hacks inside of homes. So having an extra layer of security is going to be important. Setting it up properly is also going to be important and properly is also preferential. So if we use light bulbs as an example, if we're talking about a kitchen light with a fan where all three lights are in the same place, it's probably a bad idea to have each one of them individually addressable unless you want to be able to change their color because three light bulbs that are in standby mode are gonna take a lot more power than a smart switch. So in some places, having a smart switch controlling a few light bulbs is actually a better idea than having only individually addressable light bulbs because, like I said before, your router only has a set amount of wireless connections that it can do at a time. Then in some bigger rooms, you might want to have individually addressable lights because whether or not you have one or more switches, it might be the fact that they're not necessarily all in the same place. 
in some cases it might be a benefit to having that and of course maybe you're looking for a specific look but either way you have to be conscious that sometimes it's not worth having every single one of those devices be smart themselves maybe they be on a smart circuit and that will help you alleviate some of the internet congestion that occurs from the number of connections as well as how much standby power you're going to be getting but some devices are more useful than others so let's use a thermostat and you if for some reason you had to leave for an emergency and you have a traditional thermostat where you set a timer, your house is just gonna continue warming and cooling as it normally does by the timer. But if you have a connected thermostat, you'll be able to remotely turn off the heating or cooling or even set it differently while you're gone, effectively reducing the amount of electricity and fuel that you would be expending while you are gone. And some smart households also have the ability to react to voice command as well as presence of various devices and people in the homes. This is obviously dependent on your setup. The fewer smart switches and devices that you can get in your home to respect the amount of connections that your wireless devices are capable of handling, like your router, the better, because that will cause less problems. If you're using separate Wi-Fi, that'll help you mitigate other problems Changing usernames and passwords of each one of them is going to help you solve some future security issues, but there are a few other things that you can do. Various types of devices usually are connected with other ones. So things like computers, which always draw power, if they are set up with surge bars or UPSs that have master switches that turn off connected devices when they're not being used, may help you save power in other places. So having a surge bar or a UPS battery pack that allows you to turn off things like the monitors and printers and all that while your computer is off might save power where you would be connecting more devices in your home. If you can find a way to cut some of the standby power being used in favor of others, you may actually come out to a net zero or net positive in that power usage. So at least you will be trying to save some money in that way. And of course, it also depends how you're getting your power. If you're getting your power for next to nothing, it might not bother you to spend a few more dollars a month. If your power is based on fuel, it might depend on the cost and how you feel about it when it comes to the ecology. And of course, if you're generating it yourself already, it will depend on whether it's wind powered or solar power and whether or not you have a battery pack. If you have a battery pack and you can store the power and adding all of this doesn't cost you more in electricity or fuel, then there might not be an issue for you when it comes down to the standby power. So ultimately you're going to have to look at the entire fabric of your, your environment. Are you willing to use a little bit more power? Are you able to save power in other ways? How is it going to be all set up? As long as you analyze the security of devices, your ability to connect them all together and how they're connected to each other, you should be able to build out your smart home without costing too much beyond the initial cost. And I do suggest that you start slowly. 
start changing just a few tiny things. Let's say start off with a smart thermostat that is connected or connected light switches, things that make life easier without necessarily being more expensive. And I hope you take all of that into account before you move from your traditional home to your connected smart home. Like this episode if you liked it, dislike it if you didn't, share with those who can benefit from this, and don't forget to subscribe. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions for topics, email me at ask at tqaweekly.com or go to my website, tqaweekly.com, where you can see the show notes on this episode, past others, find other ways of subscribing. And of course, use the contact form to email me directly. And if you want to see me play video games and ask your questions live, head over to tqaweekly.com slash zaxis1981, where I normally stream Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm only streaming on Friday this week. And you'll be able to ask your questions then and there. Thank you for watching and goodbye.